Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This is Benji from Skin Dread. Big up Elan B's podcast. Here it is. You know what? One thing I know. That's not level. That's not level. That's not level. You're the podcast. That's not level. That's not I choose run that doing it now. Still I'm bees am I running it now? So put your arms in the air. Let them know that you're up and we bring the metal news and you know we don't stop. We tell them that's not metal, that's not metal, that's not metal, you're the podcast. That's not metal, that's not metal, that's not metal, you're the podcast. Now step up Beza and let the people them know what going in at the Evan Metal world right now. Go on and make tell them, tell them, go on. Hello everybody and welcome to That's Not Metal, powered by You Discover. I am Bees, you know that. He is Stephen Hill, you know that. Wow, I hope you bloody know that. You know that, don't you? Well, well, yeah, we've been hanging out for like two and a half years together as a a little group here. I'd like to think that we're associated by name at this point. Yeah, I'd be very hurt if someone didn't know... My name. I tell you what, though. Can I? <laughs> oh, you know that bloke, the one with the voice. There's only two of us. Uh, it's, um... it's not like it's not like it's a memory test. For, oh, there's eight. It's not like remembering everyone's name in Slipknot. Do you listen to that thing with uh, Thingy and Bees? You know, Thingy <laughs> and Bees. Oh, what's his face? <laughs> yeah. Fuck's sake. Fine. Right. Let's. Let's cut the waffle this week because we've got so oh, we much shit to get through. Yes, it's unbelievable, have. including something very exciting because we are premiering a brand new track from the new Nervous album that's out in March. The song is called It Follows and we've got a chat with M coming at the end of the show. Uh, oh man, like the track is great. The album is... Oh, no, man, spoilers. Well, you March. no spoilers. You've got to wait till March. You've got to wait till March. Yeah. But you get your first taste of it later and that'll make my point for me, mm-hmm. I think. Uh, so, it, like, we're not going to make you if you don't want to stick around for the whole podcast fine your loss but uh yeah just listen to the last 10 minutes or so if you're after nervous but on the show we're going to be reviewing new albums from fallout boy the excerpts black label society and kane hill an album oh ozzy is talking about bidding farewell we're going to talk about our world cup of rock and uh Album Club is on the biggest-selling rock album of all time. Do you remember laughter, motherfuckers? No pressure, as we cover Led Zeppelin's untitled fourth album in a feature-length album club. How does it relate to Code Orange and Parkway Drive? Stick around at the end of the show to find out. All of that and your letters in association with EMP get 15% off of the latest uh, band merch with the code NOTMETAL2018 at the checkout. Don't forget, that is a brand new code, so it is NOTMETAL2018 at the checkout. News! Right. Massive, massive story Um, to start with. Allegedly, Ozzy Osbourne's tour at the end of this year, the world tour um, that is going to be going out 
across 2018 is going to be a farewell tour. It's called Ozzy Osbourne The End. It's all done up exactly the same as the Black Sabbath thing. It feels very much like this is going to be the victory lap for Ozzy Osbourne. Steve, what's your feelings as I uh, as it as it becomes reality? You know, Ozzy Osbourne farewell tour. We're not going to see Ozzy Osbourne on stages for much longer. Can't believe it. And another new download headliner, Bites of Dust. That's a shame. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, no, in all seriousness, uh, it's it's sad for our scene. And it feels um, like every year, every few months, something happens that makes you feel like the... I uh, yeah, We're not those sort of people that say the golden age of rock and roll. But certainly... Mm. Um, the initial, the Tinder that sparked the entire world of what we He's now the, talk about every week and what he, we live and breathe is... He is given the title, the godfather of heavy metal mm. with good reason. Yeah, of course. He is. Yeah, yeah. And it feels like those people are starting to to go there, um, go and do either sadly pass away or, or retire. And I think mm. if, if anyone on earth um, <laughs> is due and, uh, well, not due, but is... Yeah, as, it is due. At, is due. Yeah, has, has earned a retirement. Like, it's Ozzy yeah. Osbourne, isn't it? And earned it. Both yeah. of those things. Yeah. I compare this, right? So, um, football supporters, you'll know where I'm going with this. Uh, I support <laughs> Arsenal, right? Um, if you don't know anything about football, Arsenal have a manager who revolutionised the English game, has won the world's oldest cu- uh, club cup competition more than any manager will ever win it in the history of England because of the life cycle of a manager now, and won the league without losing a game. But if you ask 85% of Arsenal supporters these days what they think of Arsene Wenger, it is like he can't be in the dugout anymore. And that is Ozzy Osbourne. Mm. Um, Ozzy Osbourne is the fucking man. Like, we are here because of Ozzy Osbourne. Worship and fucking tribute that man, the career and the entire career. Because it's not just like Black Sabbath... Ozzy Osbourne, and Ozzy Osbourne is someone whose solo career stretches much further than the rock press really cover it. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? They cover the 80s stuff. Give me no more tears. Give me osmosis. I'm down. Mm. Like, fucking, this is not disrespect for Ozzy Osbourne, but, you know, the time's come, man. Like, Ozzy Osbourne shows are more bad than good, and that's why a farewell thing. It's a, it's a good thing. It's a healthy thing. All must all good things must come to an end, mm. and it just feels like the right time for Ozzy Osbourne. Yeah, and it, I mean, if I wish two things um, out of everything we've just spoken about, the first is that at download we get to watch it. Uh, that everyone goes in with like now it's changed. I was already quite like, well, how many time, more times are we going to get to see Ozzy Osbourne? Probably mm. none. So fuck it. He's never headlined Download Festival. He's never played Download Festival. Let's just fucking love it for what it is. Like, I know that is kind of against the ethos of what we talk about, but it's very difficult, I think, when... No, you can go. You yeah. can get rose-tinted on a farewell run. Mm. There's, a time, there's a time to be cynical, and that's like we're going to make another album and it's like do you know do you know what I mean mean, do we need it no in the in the live show is it anything more than a piss break at this point no No. right we don't need that but a farewell tour you can put all of those things to one side and that's what this is about fucking stand up applaud that man it doesn't matter what the show is like go get fucking blind hammer drunk and give tribute to the fucking songs Mm. if that's what you have to do absolutely enjoy it but that night 
when you go to see Ozzy Osbourne on the Farewell Tour is about fucking pure jubilation. Fuck cynicism that night. Oh, he didn't hit the note. Bullshit. Fucking Mr. Crowley, motherfucker. Yeah. Like, uh, this, you know, that's, that's my take. That's also my take. So that's the first thing I hope. The second thing I hope is what we've just been um, inferring to is I hope that after you saying no... <laughs> other manager will ever win eight FA Cups I really hope Alan Pardew hasn't heard this podcast because uh, he'll take that as a, as a challenge mate and he won't re- like he'll <laughs> never you know someone, someone like, needs to sounds like a fucking challenge to, boy sound, sounds like this this needs to be put over like Alan Pardew dancing in the cup final over a fucking full of hell blast beat <laughs> to keep this chat this chat metal but yes Ozzy Osbourne farewell run and I'm going to hold you to that so probably what you're going to get is a very hungover download review because Ozzy Osbourne headlines a Sunday night at download yeah, Steve exactly you that. me shots uh, come and find us in the field if you dare yeah uh, so news a little bit more sweet of a sweep of news before we get to the big story of the week Zelanada <laughs> um, have got a new track mm. Baphomet Steve what do you think of it I I like it I think mm-hmm. um, it is uh, slightly more accessible uh, and and actually I mean when I did when I reviewed them live I, I did and a couple of times I've seen them I, I did mm-hmm. say the kind of bluesy stuff of it the kind of the, the rootsy stuff of it was the stuff that was coming over eviler and more interesting and just better live like i think that mm. we we both kind of agreed that the black metal stuff was um definitely not the weak link but certainly um uh well i i think live certainly the black metal stuff wasn't as powerful and wasn't as mm. kind of like wow as as the other stuff so um it kind of makes sense to me that they have leaned heavier on that part um the production's much better which has given it a kind of like that's the biggest thing that i noticed yeah yeah the productions are much better although is that a good which is a good thing which is yeah. a good thing i think uh, like this this is so this track has literally just been dropped for adult swims single cl- singles club mm. so i wouldn't read any anything into it in terms of songwriting but in terms of sound um because they're so accessible their sound lends itself to be polished because yeah. that's where i hope they go next mm. um so yeah go and check out baphomet sorry this is just a quick news yeah we have got loads to get through mad bull's new album going to be produced by tim armstrong fucking How you yes. about that? Br- yeah boy that's a good sentence <laughs> skin dreads album is going to be called big tings it is and it's out, <laughs> it out in april did you see the tweet i put out? yeah with the big dog mouth. so 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 if you if you search gif do yourself a favour. Search your gifts for big tings uh, <laughs> on Twitter. It is hilarious. The dog uh, with his head out of the car. That's all I'm saying. And to watch. Steve, are you starting to believe? Are the, are the feelings getting in your waters? Are you starting to believe? Uh, maybe. I, you know. Oh, no, come on. Well, I'm not. I'm not committed. You know, I, I spoke to Danny Carey on Tuesday. And. Yeah. And. He didn't say it definitely was hap- wasn't I he didn't say I went oh busy this year are you and he went eh. and I was like oh so either he's double bluffing me I mean I'm no Columbo but he is double bluffing you right good because here's what he because here's what he said right he was re- he was doing League of the uh, Legends of the Seagullman interview which we'll be talking about that project when the album comes out mm. but he said of the album uh, it's all coming together really well we'll be hitting the studio again very soon and have a couple of gigs in May so hopefully we'll have the album out 
before that. Put your hand to the sky and fucking praise. Uh, it's wishful thinking at this point. Mm. I actually think I said that this time last year, laughing. So, it's up to you whether you are still hashtag believe. But... And you know, you there's are. a Tool album coming out this year. I'm, oh mate, I'm all in. Yeah. I'm all in. I'm putting all my chips in this basket. Um, seemingly alone. Right, Trey Resner. That's where we're going with the week's big story. Have you seen this story, Steve? No. What's going on here? Oh. Brilliant. I'm so glad you don't even know this story. So Nine Inch Nails' Trent Reznor has filed a restraining order against his neighbour, Nadir Afshar, after allegedly (laughs) increasing threatening behaviour in the recent months. Uh, According to TMZ, on Christmas Eve, according to the docs, Trent says he was outside playing with his kids when he spotted Afshar dishevelled, wearing an open shirt, shorts and a Santa hat, walking up and down the sidewalk, ranting, rich people can do anything they want, but the Lord will get them in the end. Steve, how insane does someone have to be to have Trent Reznor need to keep them away from <laughs> Trent, like, I've seen that closure video and what a psychopath Trent Reznor has been over the years. And probably not when he's out playing with his kids. But imagine being the guy that terrorises Trent Reznor. How psycho are you? That guy's got to be fucking mental. Trent Reznor goes looking for trouble. Trent Reznor went to the, sh- the Shannon Tate murder house to record the darkest album ever made. And, <laughs> and, you've, up- and, and you've just upset him by putting a hat on and opening your shirt. You must be fucking mental. The Jimi Hendrix of mental, you must be. Like, under that, that's, that's, that's shocking. What a shocking story. <laughs> mate <laughs> there's no i got nothing i got nothing some sometimes stephen hill you nail a situation so succinctly that i have absolutely nothing more to add so yeah that is, that is the story of trent Reznor's neighbor oh god oh, well, i did already have a title for this uh this podcast but now i'm gonna have to call it the Jimi hendrix of men right <laughs> That's not metal.net is the place where the World Cup of Rock is finally going to happen. It's going to happen. It's going to take place. And it starts this week with a round of 32. Someone is at my door. Someone else is going to have to answer that. But it starts. It seems like the World Cup's cursed. People even knocking on the door to try and get involved. Right. Give me a second. All right. Talk amongst yourselves. Okay. Steve. Steve, tell... tell the people something while I'm answering my door and I'll come back. Okay. I will. Um... Oh, God. Pressure, isn't it? It's weird that somebody at the door, uh, it might be <laughs> it might be Trent Reznor's neighbour, which means that I will have to fill in this podcast for the rest of the, well, for forever. I'll have to get somebody else to come in and do it. Um, and uh, it might be, it would be one of two people who used to be on the Metal Hammer podcast. <laughs> <laughs> oh god you, i'd leave you alone for two minutes are you are you, are you creating beef no no is that what you're doing All no right. i said i would be, it would be hilarious if the person who rung your door was trent Reznor's neighbor and he just took you and, kill, <laughs> and killed you and then i'd have to carry on this podcast and get somebody else in and i was like who could yeah. i get we know one person we could uh, get 
Yeah. And that was it. I we... All right. No beef. Well, there, there you go. There you go. Uh, it was a delivery of a him skateboard, which I think tells you everything you need to know about me <laughs> and my love of tat. Right. So, well, you need of that. Do you even Stop skate? Stop it. Okay. <laughs> I know I don't skate. It's going on the wall. Right. Shut up. Okay. Fine. Right. That's not metal.net. It's the place. The World Cup of Rock is happening. World of 32. It starts next Wednesday. Steve, myself, and we will be joined by Will Gardner from Black Peaks. But you are also going to get your chance to vote. The, the round of 32, I'm about to reveal the draw to you. This weekend, keep an eye on That's Not Metal's Instagram stories, at Not Metal Pod, because votes are going to be going on for all of these. Your vote is going to count on the World Cup of Rock. Join us on Wednesday. That's not metal.net. Here is the first round draw for the for the World Cup of Rock. So the idea is it's just King Kong bands. Just the biggest bands that we that we fucking cover to start this off. Um, Machine Head versus the Offspring. Mm-hmm. Linkin Park versus Guns N' Roses. Oof. Slayer versus Ramstein. Korn versus System of the Down. Interesting. The Prodigy versus Pantera. Metallica versus Green Day. Like, like oh, two of the biggest bands on the whole thing yeah. up against each other. Nirvana and the Smashing Pumpkins. Steve. Deftones versus Faith No More. Come on! Was, like, and do you know what? Like, it's going to be done kind of the same way as we did it before. Like, this is going to be debated. You're going to have to give me an answer inside fucking inside 10 minutes all right so deftones versus faith no more steve i'll come back to it at the end yeah. uh, pearl jam versus the red hot chili peppers limp biscuit versus weezer my chemical romance versus rage against the machine slipknot versus the Foo fighters Soundgarden versus tall Avenged sevenfold versus marilyn manson and iron maiden versus motorhead now there you go. That's the draw. Uh, we are going to be discussing each of those uh, debates, putting those bands against each other on That's Not Metal.net on Wednesday. It's going to be loads of fun, apart from when you have to do Deftones versus Faith No More. How are you feeling about that first round draw before we get into the letters? Pretty good. I think there's some that, to me, are, are going to be quite obvious. Um, uh, naming no names, obviously no spoilers. There are some that are incredibly difficult. Again, mm. naming no names, but I think we know. And uh, and there are some that I genuinely don't think I've made my mind up about. Excellent. That's mm. what I love, because that's what's going to be discussed. Oh, that's not metal.net. It's coming Wednesday, £3 a month or £17 a year. And I should say, the uh, album club at the end of this show on Led Zeppelin 4 is pretty indicative of the kind of quality that you get on those specials. So join us. That's not metal.net. It all gets underway on Wednesday. Uh, you would have noticed. So you get a point. You out there, Steve gets a point, I get one, and Will gets a point. That's four. If it ends up at 2-2, you, the audience, your vote gets, goes through. So make sure you're on Instagram stories this weekend, at Not Metal Pod. Our show is your show. Told you, it's not just a catchy thing to say. RIP Fast Eddie Clark as well, I should say. The news yeah. hit us just as we went to record last week. Steve, briefly, Fast Eddie Clark's role in Motorhead, particularly, um, because it, well, it, feels like, it feels like we greatly and grandly and correctly covered Motorhead when Lemmy passed away. Yeah. Um, I mean, the, uh, the, the classic, uh, inverted commas, classic lineup of Motorhead um, all kind of died within about a year of each other, didn't they? The... the, the but but that that run of albums that they leave behind bomber overkill ace of spades and and no sleep to hammersmith as well i mean they are three of the most important records guitar music will 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 ever make ever and um mm. 
his guitar you know people talk about the double bass pedal um mm. and they talk and about the and bass, the rumbling yeah. bass and that's become such a thing in motorhead but but those licks those pure kind of old school rock and roll licks were the thing i think that that made you know if you took that out and it was just the kind of the aggressive nature of of what motorhead were that kind of absolute mm. fucking bulldozing sound could they have made it to number one on the album chart and been such a big thing i think every band needs some bit of flair to uh to make them you know a little bit more palatable for lots of people and that's the reason i think for i think fast Eddie clark played a massive massive obviously played a massive part in bringing the sound of motorhead to lots of people and motorhead as i've said so many times i just one of not only the most influential and important bands just one of the best Mm. Yeah, spot on, and that flair is edge in itself. Like the, the, the we always point at the rhythm section and how influential that it is, but without that spark around it to kind of, to, like, as you quite rightfully say, that flair around it, like Motorhead ain't Motorhead. So yeah. R.I.P. Fast Eddie Clark. All right, letters. EMP is the place to get your band merch. 15% off at the checkout at emp.co.uk by using the code NOTMETAL2018. They have the freshest band merch anywhere. There's really good retro stuff being released as well at the moment. The old school Rage Against the Machine shirt I put on the Facebook page Mm. the other day is absolutely banging. Get on it, emp.co.uk. You get 15% off with the code NOTMETAL2018 at the checkout. First letter comes from Joe Heaton who says a few bands who were heralded as the best as the big new thing about four or five years ago such as feed the rhino and bleed from within are returning with albums this year is it possible for these bands to still find success or will they find themselves lost after years of inactivity in a scene which has become much stronger massive question a Mm. really good talking point on the day that bleed from within release a brand new track Mm. steve how do you feel about that that particular set of circumstance that's been uh, laid out like that well i think I, I was talking to someone about this the other day and i was saying it was just a really unfortunate time to be a band at that point if you were playing kind of aggressive and heavy mm-hmm. music i think um you know i've always said about palm reader for years and years and years about why aren't they bigger and why have people not paid attention to them and that was just that was the thing and i think feed the rhino and bleed from within obviously got more of a push and they got more kind of column inches and they did play bigger shows as well um Uh. different set of circumstances for both of them i think i know um uh ali the drummer from bleed from within joined silosis and i think that kind Uh. of curtailed them a little bit feed the rhino obviously we've spoken about them before and about how they've you know it's a bit wolf i I need a reason to believe with rhino yeah like that album is everything if the album is the best thing they've ever done and it has to be and by a distance Mm. and that's no easy task when you consider rhino's back catalog like i need a real jolt of a reason to give a shit Mm. because you know there's been too many we only have a fight The the, the, the thing about this show is we have a finite amount of times that we can go you have to check this out yeah. right? and we have to be careful with that we don't just say if we if everything is great and every hot new band is the best thing ever then nothing is the best thing ever yeah. we have to be really careful with that shit and Fade the Rhino are a band that you can't rely on to stick around long term mm. so unless that record is a fucking blast 
Like, what can you do? Blade from Within, on the other hand, I think exactly what happened that you just said, like, just a bad time to be a band in the UK. Yeah. Like, um, Lower Than Atlantis's Mike Juice tweeted something the other day um, where he was like, I'm going to care less about the music industry and what everyone thinks and just go back to writing riffs and songs. And it's like, if ever there was someone who has just acutely pointed out the difference between those years and now. They were a normal band. They, <clears throat> even by that as an admission, sold out to care about what the music industry were thinking, yeah. to get where they are now and make the albums that they've made since World Record. Mm. And now it's like, oh, well, we'll go back to writing normal songs again. That that timeline tells you everything you need to know about bands that stuck it out and toughed it out during that period of shit yeah. i understand like you know like lower than atlantis have slalomed around it what can they do don't hate the player hate the game like i can understand it if that's their take on that situation i'm not just going wow they sold out like but if you were playing authentic music during that time you were fucked mm. uh and blade from within come back with a track like alive that sounds like fucking a more metal parkway drive and i don't say that fucking lightly like the new blade from within track is an absolute everything 101 that you want from fucking metal in the modern age there it is fucking full-blooded no frills nothing but straight up fucking metal to tear your face off if it was a new parkway drive track every cunt would be talking about it so make sure you check it out Mm. steve how you feeling about the new blade from within track it's called alive really good same as you said, I thought the last, I thought Uprising was was fucking great, and it's just kind of outstanding. It's just like they've it, they've never gone away, really. Is it? You put that on, and you go, yeah, exactly let's, what I want. Let's do Uprising as album club one week. Yeah, in we February. should definitely. All right, mm. there you go. So we'll give you a reason to care about Bleed from Within. But yeah, do you think these bands? I think, I think that. Do you know what? Do you mind if I say we park the answer? because this is going to be very poignant in a minute. Yeah, okay. But i tell you what I will say, to kind of finish us up on this, when those bands, if they do come back, they're going to... You might think it's a better time for them now, but i tell you what, with the competition around them, they will find it just as hard, because the competition is way better now than it was then. Yeah, brilliant point, mate. So there you go, Joe Heaton. Brilliant question. Matt Bradley, there's only two questions this week, because we've got a lot to get through. Have any of the bands on the receiving end of a scathing That's Not Metal review ever got in touch with you to complain? Shall I answer this? Yeah, go on in. There was, there was a band, right, that we weren't even mean to who got really butthurt about the review that we gave them. Can right? we... I'm, not saying, I'm not saying that their name rhymes with Mac Boxes, but I really am, yeah. right? Spack that's that's the, that, yeah. that's the only that's the only one yeah. that really. That oh yeah, really yeah, I do remember that. Yeah, yeah, that's the only one that stands out. Where I, where people, I was like, wow, like in the same mm. way that Josh, when you watch Josh Franceschi going wow, wow, wow about a broadsheet newspaper mm. review, was like, well, I got it a... just looks lame, didn't it? Yeah, so, but in their defence. Right in in Black Fox's defence, right? I've heard them talking about other things, and they are just cunts. So right, okay, yeah. 
<laughs> there you go. There you go. And I, I'm certainly not going to argue on that. So there you go, Matt. I think that's the best answer we could give you. EMP.co.uk is the place to go and get the freshest band merch. Get 15% off with the code NOTMETAL2018. Stephen Hill, I love you <laughs> dearly. All right. At the end of the letters, though, um, I couldn't help but, ho- but notice, Steve, mm. that um, long-term listeners, you will remember that a couple of weeks ago, Steve, when his lovely wife, love you, Emma, mm. uh, was out, <laughs> was out uh, he was having a moan up. Well, wow. some domestic things. Is that a fair old way to say it? That's a fair way to say it. Yeah, she's actually in Stockholm at the moment, so I can steam in. Oh, here we go then. <laughs> That's why you're getting lippy on the internet then. Because I noticed <laughs> that someone was saying about uh, giving you video games yeah. to play. Uh. And someone had suggested uh, The Last of Us, mm-hmm. uh, it was something that I had recommended to you as well. Mm-hmm. And you said, definitely going to do that, but it's about finding time, mate. The PS4 is in the main room at home. And <laughs> Emma says, we have to do something that both of us will like I told you she ruins everything, didn't I? <laughs> and then the teeth man emoji, like that gets you off the hook. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah it, it was a bri- it was a brilliantly funny le- letterbox this week, yes. I have to say. Yeah. Yeah. Um yeah, I uh, you know, I, I want to play FIFA now and again and she don't like it. That you know, but that's Fair understandable. Fair yes. Darling, if you're listening. And and someone suggested that the Tommy Tommy Wiseau of of metal, someone said you're tearing me apart, Lars, which <laughs> yeah, I thought was Mustaine, fucking yeah. fucking amazing. Yeah. Well, in you and Taylor, um, so yeah, I was going to say the disaster artist, but we've already done half an hour. Yeah, we will it. talk about that at some point in time. Mm. Uh, but what I do want to say before we get into the album reviews is that the wonderful and brilliant Extinction AD have a new track out. Go and check it out. If you like thrash metal, they are friends of ours. They are looking for a deal. They are from Long Island. Uh, they used to be in This Is Hell. Like, we we back them as people, and we back them even more as a thrash metal band. So if you are a thrash fan and you're in Havoc and all that kind of thing, go check out Extin- Extinction AD's new track now. Yeah, they're wicked. Album reviews. Steve. Yep. Let me get on my, my high horse for a minute okay. before, uh, before I bring you in. Now... Um, you would think that uh, the biggest album this week is by Fallout Boy, but we are not going to be covering them first. We'll talk about that in a minute. Because the first album that we're going to be covering this week comes from the excerpts. It's called Hold On To Your Heart, and it's their fourth album. And they're not a band we've ever really spoken about in great deal no. uh, on, this po- on this podcast, in great detail, I should say. Uh, Sam Carter brought There Is Only You into album roulette, and we were both pretty... We were both pretty positive about it, weren't we? I really like that record a lot. Yeah. yeah, same. Yeah, same. But the thing is, like, even though we were both keen, they've never toured with bands I like. I've never caught them by accident at a festival. Like, they've just kind of flown under my radar. But this is where this show becomes awesome because it's not just about catching the fucking shiny new things, right? Mm. It feels like everyone in music journalism wants to leap aboard, like, oh, first, first. And yeah, we are there first. And I, I, I do point that out. But it's not just about that. It's about applauding bands who tough it out and fucking come back and crush it i feel like we were the only ones who really pointed out how superb that last coheed and cambria album was yeah that's an example of what i'm talking about like if a band like either have flown under the radar or have been off off the boil for a bit or whatever and come back with a brilliant album you can't just not acknowledge a brilliant album because they're not fucking cool right now or whatever yeah right? anyway this album is why we do this show 
like as far as albums go this is the first album that is fully this will be in my top 10 albums of the year when it comes uh, when it comes at the end of the year and that it comes from the world of brit rock is fucking brilliant because this is the first of three weeks running of brit rock bands like it's the excerpts this week next week it's marmosets and the week after that it's don broco and joe joe heaton's letter becomes actually poignant here because yes this band right, i'm going to tell you i'm going to talk about a song on this album called first kiss steve i'll bring you in after this sorry but this no, is no, really fine. fucking important to me man like Essentially, what this album is, is it's nice blokes playing nice songs, right? Mm -hmm. And we've kind of gone in on that sort of thing. But here is the difference between them and You, Me at Six and those kind of bands when it comes to being nice people playing nice songs, right? First Kiss, only Reckless by You, Me at Six has got close to this. It is a joyous fucking explosion of a song, right? It is just, if Jimmy, again, it's like Jimmy Eat World, right? brilliant normal blokes playing straight up rock songs that are just fucking brilliant and but there's a breakdown towards the end of the song where the song completely breaks down and it builds and it builds and it builds and it gets really fucking noisy and intense and then one two three four and that chorus comes in and it's like the fucking fireworks going off on the best night of your life like it is those moments that make that why I love rock music is those moments. You just feel the exhilaration rush in your fucking stomach when it goes. It's fully one, two, three, four, Jesse's girl, mm. you know? Mm. Like, Steve, what are you making of this album before I, lo- before I lose my breath? This album is fucking insane. Yeah, it's, uh, it's one of those ones where you look at it and... It's funny because I, I put it on. And I, I mean, I like the excerpts from before and I went into it. You go into everything hoping you like it. You like it. the excerpts before like I like the excerpts yeah. before. Neither of them mention it. You're not getting, you're like, no, no. can't squeeze this one past people. No, no, of course. No, no, no. But I was yeah. just like, I wanted to like it. Do you know what I mean? Because yeah. I... Yeah, oh God. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, um, <clears throat> uh, and so... And I, I remember interviewing and Sorry, back sorry. In... Just to clarify my enthusiasm of God, yeah, you want to like it. I'll tell you why. Because even though the excerpts have flown under my radar, I'm a, I'm a Ruben fan and I know what it was like to feel injustice for that band. So I want to see justice for the excerpt. Yeah. That's why I was like, fuck yeah. I wanted to like it. And they seem like, like you say, really nice. I've interviewed them before. They seem like really nice people. They seem like they've got a really good record collection. Do you know what I mean? When you listen to a band and go, you've been listening to some fucking cool, you've been listening to the Smashing Pump and you've been listening mm. to you know um springsteen e- and Spring- Tom Petty yeah and, and elo yeah. and stuff like that and there's kind of all kind all of this like this stuff that's not just you me at six are a really brilliant band to bring up because i put it on and i went take myself out of this for a minute and mm. and look look for, at yourself from above and listen to it and and try and, and and i was going set myself a challenge of going okay well, how is this different to those bands that we slag off, the Mallory Knoxes and the Yumi at Sixes and stuff? And I was going, mm. pr- you know, because production-wise, and like you say, the sound of it and the, the level of palatability of it and the fact that it is just, you know, fairly nondescript people playing 
really easily but relatable music. Like, can, I, can, can I interject there? Yeah, of course. Like, when we spoke on the Brit Rock special, right, that we just did, and, like, you liked Converge, and I liked the Vandals and no effects and stuff like that. We were both in our different area of more edgy music. But we both we were both into Feeder when they were good. Yeah. And we were both into that first Stereophonics album and Ash and stuff like that. Mm. There is a place for this sort of thing. Of it just has to come with authenticity, craft, and a collection of songs like a greatest hits like this. It's fucking outrageous, this album. And honesty. I mean, I think that's the... the, the none of... like I, I listen to those bands and I feel like you are second-guessing your listener. Like, a lot of those bands, I listen to it and I think what's this song about? It doesn't appear like it's about anything. You know, who is this for? It sort of appeals, it feels like it's kind of for everyone. When I listen... It's the twin Atlantic, it's all right to like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? And, um... And I listened, to, but I listened to this and it's like, like you say, First Kiss is, is fucking brilliant and hold on to your heart. And the way the kind of, um, Murray does the, the opening strains of the dark or the opening track on it, which like is a really kind of stirring opening moment on it. It's your Never Walk Alone style. Yeah. And it's fucking, yeah. And you're like, uh, you're like, that's, that's that person. And that's that person putting everything he has into his own, emotional resonance of of music and i think it's not it is it is better songwriting and it is better songs and it is a a wider variety of 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 influences but it's also it's just real isn't it it just feels real yeah absolutely but like the, it's, it's more than that the songwriting on this is so varied and fucking brilliant i mean mm. like we talk a lot about songs that start as an acorn and grow into a tree yeah. and like the blueprint of that is coming in album club later on right mm. what we don't talk about are songs that start on 10 with saxophone solo <laughs> yeah drive me wild and that saxophone being played by mr will gardner from black peaks like is curtis steiger's that. in that yeah curtis that. steiger's in that fucking intro like it's sexy sax man in the house <laughs> <laughs> like it's fucking great though it's mm. so joyous mm. everything that we talk about like that when we spoke on the brit rock special about that that era that we were talking about in letters earlier the the, the mundane top shop bands that have killed british rock music for the last couple of years when we spoke about them we the word that we used again and again is joyless the first two seconds of drive me wild has more joy in it than all of that entire scene combined i'm not even kidding you like the songwriting on this album is whether you want slow songs or fast like everything's great songs there's some really really brilliant lyrics about um about loss mm-hmm. um on there uh that you, that you can you can read into but there's songs like crazy and uh, and we are gonna live just life affirming anthems it's an album full of singles like i'm sorry to keep saying brit rock but that's what this is a heritage album this is pure 1977 very fast very dangerous this is a fucking unbelievable effort from the excerpts mm. i didn't see this coming yeah like this is uh, like 
you can't say an album of the year contender because there's a tall album coming, and I believe that, right? Cards on the table, joking aside, I really believe there's a tall album coming, and that's Godzilla on the horizon, right? Yeah. That's that's in the way that in the 90s you had to finish above Manchester United to win the Premier League, you have to beat Tall to be album of the year. So you can't go throwing those words around until Tall is out, mm-hmm. but... If there wasn't a tall shape on the on the horizon, I'd say yet again, really early in the year, we've got an album that is going to be right up there at the end of the year. I agree. Yeah, I think it's great. And if, if the Menzingers and that is too American for you, like yeah, this, yeah. this, like this is it. Here it is. And even like the bit, the like just the sort of hey in um, feels like falling in love. Do you know what I mean? Yes. Like just that. Yes. Just that is great. Like it's such a massive Little song. Little things that feel like victory all the way through it. Like I say, just a really joyous listening experience. Yeah, it's really And when good. it all comes together at the end and fucking Will puts his tuxedo on and comes back with his sexy sax at the end of the album on Cry with that woo-hoo and it kind of fades to black. Like literally start to back not a bad second on it justice for the excerpts must be done yeah this band have to become one of the biggest bands in britain with a collection of this song with this album or what's the fucking point i'm sorry if you can't do it with an album this good i'm willing to say well maybe those days are done Mm. that's how strongly i feel about this when i say we can only throw our weight behind certain things every now and then here it is on my behalf i know like people will go with you on the heavier stuff if you like the more melodic stuff you have to hear this album bleed american style you have to hear this album yeah no mate i'm with you sick Well, there you go. The Excerpt's new album is out now. Hold on to your heart is its name. It is wonderful top to bottom. Um, Which is why it was important that it went first and we bumped Fallout Boy down. Um, Fallout Boy's new album is called Mania. It was originally set for release in September, actually, but it was put back for a reason that definitely, definitely wasn't bad reaction to the track that's now buried away at the back of the album. (laughs) Steve, at this point, uh, do you think that Fallout Boy have anything to do with rock at all? Uh, This album? uh, Tiny, tiny little slithers of it. What are they? Help me out. There is a bit of guitar that goes on the opening song. And um, <laughs> that's that's it, is it? That's what you got for me. I think it might be one because late... like there's there's stuff that does that on Katy Perry's, and I'm not putting her on this show either. Yeah, okay. Because here's because here's the thing, right? I'm I'm I've reached the stage now where like there's loads of brilliant rock music. We haven't had space. There's a new of Mice and Men album out today. We haven't had space in it for it. We've got to do it next week mm. because we're covering this. And I think this is where it stops. New year, new us, right? Yeah. Because here's the thing. If we're judging it, we can't judge it against rock music because it's not rock music, okay? So here's what here's Fallout Boy's problem because I'm not ignorant, man. Like, Fallout Boy want to go and be a pop band. I've got no beef with that, man. Like, Fair fucks. Um, it's not like they were the descendants in the first place. So the problem is, if that's what they are and that's where they're going to live, we can only judge this against modern pop music. And if you put this next to 
Justin Timberlake has just dropped an absolute rager. I know people haven't felt filthy, but I am fucking fully into it because, man, I love the bass. Uh, Bruno Mars and Cardi B are combining Bru- uh, Bobby Brown and the 80s Minneapolis sound. Sounds fucking great. Marshmallow and Little Peep are even on this kind of turf. And, like, the Carly Cabello album is on another planet to what Fallout Boy are doing here. So who is this for? Mm. Any answers? Because, like, like, it's not up to, like, by the pop standards of those songwritings, because I've just bought those fucking Quincy Jones headphones. Yes, you have. Like, fucking, uh, when you put, it sounds like a a garage band, a teenage garage band attempting pop music next to what is going on in modern pop music. This album does. So it's not appealing to rock fans and it's well below the level of what's expected of a pop band. Can you tell I've got a bee in my bonnet about this one? I can. And I kind of have it as well. Even as someone who's not a a massive Fallout Boy fan, oh, well, I'm not that bothered about them at all. Um, But, I mean, I've got two problems with this album, ostensibly. The first one is, I think, it's very difficult to make serious pop music. And maybe I don't, like I, we both of us have respect. I think we've said it a whole bunch of times. We both have respect for the art of making kind of of pop. Do you know what I mean? Of, and hell's yeah. And and I think if you're going to be a, a pop band, like you just say, I think if you're going to be a pop act, and like most of the pop music that I really like is just loads of fun. Do you know what I mean? Like it's like Bang Bang by Jesse J and Ariana Grande. Yeah, yeah. That's fucking fun. Like, yeah. it's amazing. I like I like Father and Power Ballads. Yeah, That's yeah. Like, I'm, I'm with you. Yeah. And this album's just, it's not even fun. Why? Like, do you know why what? It's not fun. Would you, why on earth would you listen to this when Little Mix exists? Exactly. Like, why, why on earth would you do it? And, like, the thing is, it's open what they're becoming. Literally, this album had my backup in the first two sentences of Patrick Stump opening his mouth, right? He drops a Tonya Harding reference, yes, right? Yeah. But that is just, that is just catching zeitgeist, man. It's, the, it's like, have you seen the Lonely Islands film, Popstar, Never Stop, Never Stop It? Yeah, yeah, I have, yeah. It's good. You know when they do the bit where they talk about the catchphrase verse? Yeah. It's just embarrassing. That's what Fallout Boy are doing, except that's their actual life. I know. Like, imagine being fucking Troman or Hurley mm. and having to go into a fucking damn things rehearsal. Be like, hi, guys, this is what I've been doing for the last year. Na, 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 or whatever the fuck yeah. it is. Like, it just fails on every... This album is a failure on every conceivable level. Well, and what is, what's with the tropical, Steve? Oh, mate, now this is where why I'm... Did the this tropical, is, why does the tropical keep coming back? The, what is this? This is, it seems to be, my mate calls it the... Is um, it Shape of You? I don't know, but my mate calls it... I said my mate's into, like, grime and stuff, and he was like, right. oh, they've always got the, um, the fucking Moroccan holiday slink. He calls it. <laughs> <laughs> he said every song now's got an, a, a Moroccan holiday, got a you know yeah, 18, yeah. 18 to thirty Moroccan holiday slink, right? And I was having like, heard yeah. the song, having heard the song we're discussing, Steve, that is a bullseye accurate yeah. of a uh, Holby title. And, and the thing is, like, all of these fucking songs do it, and you've got to think like for that boy from where they came from, like they did used to be a punk band, like they were from that scene, and you're mm. doing that, and. Like, like you say, you want to be a pop band? Fine, be a pop band. But to be so cynical to just go, oh, everyone's doing that, so 
we better do that as well. Like, oh, and, can and you do imagine? It and do it badly. Do it badly. Those, those people live there. Soul Punks taught us that Patrick Stump can't do this. This is Brendan Urie's house. Yeah. Right? Panic at the Disco, like, in the modern age, Panic at the Disco, slap Fallout Boy, left, right, and centre at this stuff. The difference between this and, like, Victorious and Miss Jackson and, like, when, when Fallout, when Panic at the Disco do fun, right? Mm. Massive. Massive. Yeah. And I just don't, like, you said last week something about bands like Fallout Boy and Paramore Boy being the new classic Ooh. rock bands, right? Now, yeah. Me, Stuff like this just makes me think. Well, I just can't. I mean, imagine. Let's take this this week's subject. But it's of, not. About, you have to. You have. Yeah, you have to. You have to split the eras, mm. as I'll get to at the end. Well, I was gonna. Yeah, yeah. But I was gonna say, like, imagine the subject of this week's album club, Led Zeppelin. Imagine if we got to like 1982, and they went, Ah, we're gonna take all this denim off. We're gonna yeah. we're gonna get our hair cut short, but get it like sprayed up. We're gonna wear yeah. like skinny ties and pink shirts and white. Um, fucking jackets and we're going to sound like Duran Duran people would go you fucking cunt no and no, that- no no you're being kind you're being kind there this is not like that this is like them fucking like being catch a goo goo like do you know what I mean <laughs> Mate, like, do you know what it's is- like do you know what it's, exa- do you know- do you know what it's exactly like- exactly like it is like do you remember that we always talk about the mid 90s reggae revival right yes and- God bless you. By it. about 1998, it was sort of done. But Sid, o- yes. Sid Owen, a.k.a. Ricky from EastEnders, <laughs> released a, a reggae single, Biddly Biddly Bong. Ricky! 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 <laughs> and that's what I, I put this album on. In fact, actually, if you go and see... we got to stop this. If you go and see Fallout Boy, right, and they play any of these new songs, I just want you to go... Google. I just want you to go, Ricky! Ricky! <laughs> All the way through it. These albums from now on are known as fucking Ricky's as well as I'm concerned. They are Sid Owen's Ricky yeah. from EastEnders like solo the album. Ultimate, it's just too late to the party. Go and not away. Even good at it. So yeah, that's a brilliant... Ricky! Alright, like cards on the table. I'll give them Heaven's Gate on this album because it's a What A Catch Donny style big band rock tune there's actual guitars in it right i'll give him that song but i'm done with fallout boy and we are done with fallout boy as a show like the next album only gets covered if it's a rock album enough of giving this shit airtime like let's 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 stop this shall we <laughs> yes. like we're wasting time aren't we your time and now well i mean um, and like i said like shit albums will still come on here because when they're funny they'll come on but just like most of this album isn't funny there's only fucking the reggae reggae chicken bit <laughs> yeah mate i don't even know how to review these albums anymore i just i listen to this and i just think i just want to we've done loads of amazing stuff on this mm. show but even mm. that i still listen to this and i go i just want to die mm. because i don't want I to <laughs> like, I, I don't want to have I feel to it with you. review you, you this don't shit have, anymore you don't have you don't have one of these bad, this bad songs inked on your skin. Trust me, I, this one hits me harder than it hits you. <laughs> yeah. So, Fallout Boys' new album Mania is out now. Don't listen to it. Take this to your graves on Spotify now. Do that instead. Um, or also, just listen to the new Nervous song again and again that you're going to hear at the end of this podcast. Don't forget, M is joining us, and we are going to be airing the new Nervous for the first time anywhere on Earth. It's going to be called It Follows. Two more albums to get through and an album club first, though. Black Label Society are back. Their album is called Grimace Hits. This is the 10th album from Zach Wilde's Black Label Society. He's also back in the Ozzy Osbourne band, but more importantly for right now, he's back with a Black Label Society album for us. Steve, mm. 
BLS were really close to being in my top 20 metal bands ever. Yeah. On the strength I of those saying. early albums, mm. man. Like, I, I have a huge, as a lover of the riff, and especially in that mid-tempo black album sort of style, uh, I always have the softest of soft spots for Black Label Society. What's your feelings on Black Label Society? I liked. Um, I didn't really get into them until kind of about the the mid two thousands. So I oh. think um, Shot to Hell after, after after all the best stuff. Yeah, pretty much. Although I have gone back and yeah. listened to that, and it is the best stuff. Although you know, mm. no, because of what I first heard, like. I've never been massive on them. I saw them a couple of years ago and it was a lot of Zach Widdly wanking. A lot, lot. Of whittling, yeah, yeah, it's quite a lot of Widdly wanking and quite a lot of like piano ballads. And he's just got two big hands to play the piano. Do you know what I mean? It's like watching a fucking, watching the thing, try and fucking knit, watching him play piano. Do you know what I mean? It's, uh... <laughs> <laughs> but, um, and I hadn't really given, like, I didn't like the one that they were touring in 2014, whatever it's called, the Catacombs one. I wasn't mad mm. keen on that. And then we reviewed Reviewed a kind of country. Did so? Did some sort of folk country project thing, didn't they? Mm. And that was. Uh, I don't remember what happened last week. They right, relying okay. on you. If well, you're yeah, that. yeah. I'm pretty sure they did. It was. Some, I can't remember what, what exactly it was, but it was some sort of different project, and it was fine. Um, yeah. So I've come into this being a little bit like, okay, like whatever. All right. Well, for the record, fucking stronger than death. Sonic Brew, 1919 Eternal, The Blessed Hell Ride, and Mafia are as good as it gets for greasy fucking massive metallic hard rock. He is a behemoth. He is Ozzy Osbourne's guitar player with good reason, and he might not stand on the plateau in the eyes of the globe quite as high as Randy Rhodes, but in my eyes, he ain't far off these days. Um, But it is very much all that early stuff. Mafia was the last one that I regularly jammed, and we're going back to 2005 for that. Um, But... 2018 is fucking weird. I think this is a massive return to form. I think it's a huge, huge return to form. I cannot believe that it's Judas Priest and Black Label Society and all the rest of it. Like, it's 2018 is unpredictable yeah. so far. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, this album's fucking great. Oh, I'm glad. This I said it to someone. I said it to someone yesterday who was like, "Really, it's all right." And I was like, nah. "No, I'm pretty sure this is sick." No, nah, this is this <laughs> is great. I am I am I'm shocked at how good this is. It's really good. Me too. It's Astounded. really good. I'm glad you feel this way because it was like. I thought I was being mental because, like, it's kind of grown up. It's still going hard as fuck. Yeah. So I don't think I mean growing up, I mean pussying out. But over the course of the last sort of 10 to 12 years, they've done loads of really kind of, while still being Black Label Society, they've done a lot of sort of what I call fucking around. Mm. And this is just back to basics with loads of kind of pride and glory stuff thrown in as well because he doesn't do pride and glory anymore so yeah. oh was it a pride it was a pride was it a pride and glory album that we did it might have been yeah that was i vaguely actually. remember yeah, there yeah. being a second one mm. but book of shadows is the pride um, the pride and glory album anyway he's doing loads of that stuff on it and it's all really fucking good really really good yeah it is. i mean that's 
if you like Black Label, so I, I was, I saved this one. I mean, bearing in mind, Fallout Boys album was out this week. I saved this one mm. to last because I was like, oh, it's probably going to be a bit of a sloppy, boring, mm. like self-indulgent, underproduced, or not underproduced, but under kind of undercooked. Like I do, like, for the record, I, I do think it's underproduced, but I'll talk about that in a minute. Yeah, but just, I thought it's going to be a kind of phoned in sloppy. I thought we're not going to get anything yeah. good from Black Label Society again, are we? We're just not. But it's, it's been, well, it's been, it's been 13 years since the last good one, I think. But so. I think it's really good. I think the riffs are really, you've got those really kind of cool, doomy, smoky riffs that, that Zach does. Loads of like, the solos aren't too wanky as well. Because sometimes, because sometimes I can, I think that's always been a thing where I'm like, mate, like. There's, there's a solo in the mid, like there's a song on it called A Love Unreal that I think is the best song on it. Yes. And the solo in the middle of it is full you, Use Your Illusion. Yeah. Like him really getting his slash on, which is a different kind of, a different vibe for him. Like mm. it's the kind of Mama I'm Coming Home side that he doesn't let out as much in Black Label Society. But it's an album that is just, it's all about riffs, mm. this album. That's what this is. It's an album. If you're a riff junkie, if you just like, fucking riffs to bang your head to like there's a machine head album out and we're going to discuss that next week you know we'll get to that but as far as this month is concerned for out and out riffing this is the album and you wouldn't have called that at the beginning of the year do you know what i mean no not at all um there's there's a song that called and i think even the slow ones are good there's song that called that day that heaven had gone away which i think is like I really like. I don't like ballads like that at all, ever mm. normally. But I think it's just a really, yeah. it's a really good song. I'm very surprised. That the only wo- the only words is the only one that I really, really liked. But when like, I like him going into that vibe because that's him, that pride and glory stuff. It, again, authenticity is everything with it. But it's only the only words I think that is, and I think the only words is good enough to be on Book of Shadows. So when he gets it right, he gets it really right. Yeah. Oh yeah, I like that one as well, but I actually preferred um, That Day That Heaven Had Gone Away. I think that's really good, uh, cool. that song. Yeah, really good. But overall, what a lovely surprise to have a, a really very, very strong black. I mean, if you're a fan, you're going to fucking love this, aren't you? Mm. Yeah, well, I, I, I really do. Yeah. I th- I'm all in. I really wish. It's, got, it's kind of got the same problem that COC has. A little bit in that it's so weird to be listening to be talking about a black label society and going the guitars could have been much louder. But I gen- I believe that. Like I think that the the guitars on this album, the riffs are fucking huge. Like the riff in Seasons of Falter should slap you in the teeth, but it's just a little bit thin. Mm. Um, but this is really nitpicking. This is the closest that they've come to hitting the heights of everything up to and including Mafia. And um, while I think I have to live with it for a little while to determine if it is as good enough as good good enough to to live in that in that category, well, I can tell you that it is absolutely the closest that they've come since Mafia. Cool. Yeah. Well, I'll have to take All your right. word for it on that, but it is All good. Right, then, mate. Yeah. All right, well, Black Label Society's new album is out now. It's called Grimmest Hits, and we have one more album to get through before we do the biggest album club we have ever done, which is mad thing to say mm. after two and a half years. Yeah. And it, you know what? History dictates it's the biggest album club we will ever do. Mm. If you like, Led, if you don't like Led Zeppelin, right, and you go, oh, I'm going to turn this off, stick around for it. Trust me. Like, you're going to... Anyway, last album review. Kane Hill too far gone second album from new metal revivalists kane hill the first album was actually in my top 20 albums of the year it came out in 2016 mm. uh, and it's one of those albums that i found myself going back to 
loads. Like, we reviewed it, and I was keen. But when it comes to the end of the year, I was like, I have not stopped jamming this record all year. Mm. And, like, last year, that album was Puffer Roach. The year before it, it was Kane Hill. So, Steve, quick assessment, uh, a quick reassessment, I should say, of their debut album, Kane Hill. How do you feel about Kane Hill at this point, I, going into this album? I think um, I, I, I liked uh, I liked that last album. When it was good, I thought it was great. Uh, like, the new Jesus is an absolute fucking stormer. Um, uh, when it was not so good, it was not so good. But mm. it was patchy. I thought it was kind of patchy, but the 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 high points that they hit, they hit really hard. Um, yeah. I, 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 I thought that the album had... Like, I think Kane Hill should be a much, much bigger band than they are off the back of that album. Because what they had was club bangers. Mm. And that's something that just you don't hear as much anymore. Like the Down With The Sickness style stuff. And The New Jesus is definitely the one for it. But there was loads of songs on that. Like Hooks, they were really good at it. And the best thing was they had a real metallic sound. Like, this was metal music, commercial metal music, without it having to be the stuff that fucking clogs up the airwaves out here. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, but I think that the songs are much determined that this band should have been much bigger than they are. They lack originality at this point, mm. I think, was the bit was the thing that we came out of the first... Well, I came out of the first album thinking. I was like, this is great. And I have to say, as we go into this second album, I have to cards on the table show extreme bias i love the new metal sound when it's done fucking heavy like i've got i've got i make no bones about that new metal is not a dirty word with me but there was too much of it that you're like that sounds like this band and this sounds like this band so the challenge this time was to step out from kind of copying loads of tricks and frankensteining them together and become more original i think yeah Bearing that in mind, too far gone, Steve. Have they have they succeeded in doing that? I think you can tell there's definitely other elements that weren't there on the first record. I think um, there are Alison Chains. Alison Chains. I mean, Alison Chains and Soundgarden and alternative rock and grunge. Stone Temple Pilots. Stone Temple Pilots. Alice in Chains. Yeah, and yeah. and and all those things. You know, a song like Why that kind of the really dour really kind of do me well. and erased yeah um and the, the 10 uh what's it called uh the end well the last ten, track ten, on it the, oh, end, yeah, yeah, yeah. the end yeah which is really kind of do me. me and 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 you've got these kind of squealing kim kim thyle from soundgarden guitar solos on it on bits and bobs and like what's the one um singing in the swamp's got this big guitar mm. solo on it which could be you know straight out of a fucking soundgarden record and i think those those parts on it have meant that this is a much more rounded album than Smile overall. But... Yeah, I'd agree with that. I don't... Oh, sorry, I had to consider yeah. that for a second. Yeah, I would agree with that. But I don't necessarily know if that means it's a better album. Well, I think, like, first and foremost, I love that they've kept their sound. It's still heavy. Brilliant. Mm. Love that. Good. Like, US radio needs bands like this, because that's what this is. Right? Yeah. It's fucking... Three and a half minute songs that are made to sound fucking great in your car. Loud, obnoxious. I said earlier about the excerpts being the Twin Atlantic being it's okay to like. Whisper it. Kane Hill of the Attila it's okay to like. Like, but I think that they, they've they sacrificed a bit of the, the, the hooks 
for originality, which I admire. Like, that was the main challenge. If this had come back and it had been another collection of bangers like shit that you've heard before, that would have been a problem on album. So you just go, well, okay, this is just the same shit I've heard. So they had to address that. And I think they've done a really good job of it because there's bits when it all comes together. You are very right to say about those other influences. Like Alice in Chains and Stone Temple Pilots all over Lord of Flies, right? Mm. Lord of Flies is essentially the same riff from the new Jesus with a different kind of Lane Wayland-inspired vocal on it. Mm. Like, it's the best song on the album. It's fucking huge. I'm not knocking the fact that it's just recycling the same riff because it doesn't say, it kind of doesn't sound like the same song when you put it together, even if you recognise that. But fucking... There is a song on it called uh, Hateful that's like a fucking arena-savvy version of something off of one of the more avant-garde moments on Slipknot's self-titled album. Like, there's real... You can still tell its influences, but it's really starting to become its own thing. And something I have to say about Cain Hill again is the more I have played this album, the more I like it. I really like this album. Like, Like, the own... The reason why I'm a little bit like what I've just said is the potential of this band is fucking huge. Yeah. This band get it right next time out. They don't fucking... As long as they don't pussy out, man. Like, I have my reasons for believing that they might and it's nothing to do with the band. As long as they don't pussy out, like, this will just get better. Like, they've made... It, they've made it their own, as Louis Walsh would say, <laughs> uh, at the moment, right? That's what they're doing. They're, they've got the ideas and all the rest of it, and it's slowly, with every passing thing, like, this feels more like Cane Hill than a collection of other stuff. Mm. And I really, like, I, I am really picking up what they're putting down as far as their sound is concerned. It's so heavy. It's, it's heavy and bouncy and, like... When they reach album, like, I think this album should see them in the tents and second stages still on this album. And then when the next album comes, right, and the difference between bands that are big on a small level and bands that really make it is when you start putting them on a third album, if they can put together the hooks of the first album with the originality, the, the more original stylings of this album, if that could all come together on album three, when you put them on main stages, because of what we've said about big songs, you give them 40 minutes on a third album cycle and all of those people that stand there that don't know who they are, even on a third album cycle, of which is more than half of that field. Mm-hmm. We are the minority, the people that live and breathe it, right? When they're stood there, arms folded, going, go on, impress me, Kane Hill will fucking slap them, I think. There's still a, there's a massive, massive potential here. I don't think it's as good as the first one either, but that's only because... But I'm still enjoying it more on every listen, so I can't say that with complete autonomy. Yeah, and well, I think the thing is, is something you say all the time, and I think you're always right, is when you do these experiments, the next time is when you get it right. And I think bringing those influences in from kind of like... Or I imagine those influences were kind of always there, but they didn't quite know how to yes. harness them. But to get them next time, I would like to think that they will get and all this stuff. Yeah, yeah, when it get it, it all together. The sound is cohesive. Mm, yeah, of course. But I think they can really smash it and get those. Because I don't think... Like, this is different, this album, but I still don't think, like, ironically, all the best songs on it, or all the songs that I think, oh, that's really good, they are the ones that sound like Mudvayne or whatever. Do you know what I mean? They are, the, 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 mm. new, the new metal-y stuff on it, I still think is mm. 
like when but that's them that's yeah, just of their course. sound yeah. like i don't yeah yeah but i i, I just think when they get that Alice in Chains stuff done to the same standard as they can do the yeah. stuff they can do at the mo- well at the moment. Lord of Flies on this album is the blueprint for where Kane Hill goes. Yeah. Absolutely, I think. Mm. Um, but there you go. The second Kane Hill album is out now. It's called Too Far Gone. Go and check it out. So stick around. We're going to, uh, don't forget the World Cup of Rock is coming this Wednesday. We told you all about the draw earlier. And after our album club, we're going to talk to M from Nervous to talk to her about her new track, It Follows, or Nervous's new track, It Follows. And uh, we're going to give it its world exclusive playing. But first, it's album club time. No album title, no band name on the sleeve, no singles at radio. And coming off the back of an album that had seen their metal tested for the first time, both critically and commercially, it was questioned by everyone. And it culminated in the single biggest rock album of all time. We are here to talk about Led Zeppelin's untitled fourth album. So let me set the scene first before we talk Led Zeppelin. This album is literally, singularly, the biggest-selling rock album of all time in the United States of America, right? Globally, it's the fucking 12th biggest-selling album of all time. And when you take into account the globe and different cultures and, you know, K-pop is massive here and, you know, all that sort of thing, that is a mad thing. But in the US, it's actually the fourth biggest album of all time. But when you consider that the Eagles and Billy Joel's greatest hits are like numbers two and three, the only original album to ever sell more copies than Led Zepp four in American history is Michael Jackson's Thriller. Not the Beatles, not the Stones, not any fucking artist you want to name who is not Michael Jackson. It has gone platinum seven times more than the Black Album. Like... Pick any band to ever record an album, and they're above all of them. To put that fucking Black Album thing into perspective, Led Zepp 4 in America has sold as many copies as the Black Album and Highway to Hell by ACDC combined. Right? Which makes it all the more insane to consider where they, can, where they came from on Led Zepp 3, and more about that in a minute. But incredibly, right, this is the kicker at the end of it. The album has never topped the US charts. It never went to number one, despite all of that. And it did stay in the top 60, though, for three and a half years. Life is mental. But yeah, there's your stats. But before we get into this then, Steve, how do you feel about Led Zeppelin? I I love Led Zeppelin. Um, But I don't love them with the same their mine uh love that i love black sabbath or the stooges um i always feel like led zeppelin are i kind of have to lend them out to people do you know what i mean when you know when you really feel like you have ownership of a band i don't quite feel Mm. that with led zeppelin and within being a kind of rock fan weirdly because they obviously are the biggest rock band ever i'm gonna i'm gonna give you a reason that that might exist in a minute yeah but in terms of their music um i think i've said it before when i hit kind of 25 26 i went out and bought all the 
bands and albums from the early 80s and 70s mm-hmm. and 60s and Led Zeppelin were one of the bands that I got and I, I went and bought I dated I dated a girl and bought that CD box set that was every one of their albums yeah. like like my I'll get to me on Led Zeppelin in a minute but yeah. yep I had them nice and early right okay yeah so I I didn't I mean my dad one of the few bands my dad actually tried to play me like rock but my dad likes the who and the jam and mm. he but but Led Zeppelin were one of the only bands where my dad, when I was a teenager listening to Korn and stuff where, and Nirvana, where he was like, you would like this. And I kind of went, no, anything pre-Nirvana sucks. So it mm. took me a long time to get into Led Zeppelin. But once I did, I had all the albums very, very quickly. My, my like, not to clang name drop, but my father-in-law is in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Mm. And when he was talking to me about Led Zeppelin and like our pioneering they were and uh, to, to, to what we know like i was telling him black sabbath and he was saying no led zeppelin as point a on heavy metal right but now i have over the years i actively not liked led zeppelin and it was always more to do with robert plant's voice right I just didn't get it um i could appreciate the power of it i appreciate the fact that john bonham is the best drummer to ever fucking sit at a kit no question about it as far as i'm concerned um but it just I, I could never get into it, man. It was all a bit hey nonny nonny and the <laughs> rest of it, which again we'll revisit later on. But also they did think they were above heavy metal. Like when this album was made, mm-hmm. like John Paul Jones made a really famous comment saying they'll never be able to compare us to Black Sabbath after this. And that really stuck in my crow. Because yeah. Black Sabbath are point A for everything I hold dearest. And that sneery, snobby attitude towards heavy metal, which I can understand. Now I know the story of Led Zeppelin inside out and I've got into the music and I understand that they saw themselves as more elegant and more and cleverer than what heavy metal was seen as that at that time like it was just like fucking headbanging bullshit as as used by Derek Smalls in in Spinal Tap yeah um when he's talking about going jazz right yeah like that's the attitude towards heavy metal and I and I totally appreciate that but um, I've told this story very briefly before. When we do when we do specials, I put so much of my life into it that I have to do something that is totally the opposite. And when we were doing the hardcore special, when I weren't working on it, I spent all of my time listening to Led Zeppelin because I was like, in my head, I was like, what is the total antithesis of Ian Mackay? And it's Led Zeppelin. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, oh, we can afford five planes, so we'll travel in a plane each. Do you know what I mean? Everything that they're not. Like, and musically, excess, excess, excess. Like, everything that hardcore wasn't. And it clicked with me. There's a song on this album that clicked with me, which has, I've been keeping it on the download till now, been slowly burning into a full-blown Zeppelin obsession. Like... I I hold my hands up. So everyone who's, who's ever listened to this, who I've slagged off Led Zeppelin in their presence, yeah, I was wrong. Like, I did, it's clicked, I was wrong. And we're going to discuss why on their magnum opus. So it was kind of, they went to Wales. So the story of the album, before we get to the songs itself, they went to Wales. So Led Zepp 3 came out, and while it opens with Immigrant Song, um, it's, it's, it was kind of... They went folky at the time. 
yeah. right? Like the first two are kind of more rock. They were accused of being blues copyists. Again, something that we're going to get to in a minute. Are oh, Led Zeppelin one of rock's biggest ripoff merchants? But like it was unanimous, like fucking rags to riches. <laughs> Watch them go. And then the third album is the first time that that kind of stalled. For the record, the third album is fucking great. Really underrated. Tangerine is brilliant. Mm. Um, but that's where they were at going into recording four. It was a massive album for them. Uh, and they went to Wales and Page and Plant worked on the skeletons of these songs. And then when they came back to London and brought in John Paul Jones and John Bonham, um, the vibe just weren't right. And that's a big thing on this album. I think it's a real vibe, this record. Um, and they had to collect, they had to, they had to get that done. So, um, Andy Johns, who was kind of the the engineer on this record, suggested that you know, he'd just done Sticky Fingers with the with the Rolling Stones, right? And they'd done it in a mobile truck, and they suggest uh, he suggested renting Mick Jagger's house while the Stones were on tour to record this album for a grand a week, mm. and. rent the recording studio for a grand a week and then you can create the vibe to which jimmy page was like that's a bad look and it it makes you look a bit lower on the pedestal doesn't it if you're having to pay mick jagger to go and record in his and this is the 70s like everyone's ego is fucking crazy yeah crazy out of whack so they went to headley grange right and this album was essentially recorded in six days, right? Like, apart from the fucking overdubs and, like, uh, and Four Sticks and Stairway to Heaven being recorded at Ireland in in London, the rest of this record was all recorded there. Steve, Led Zeppelin 4 is the biggest-selling rock album of all time. Why? Um... Of every album we could ever discuss on this show, ever, we can never top trump this album. It's mad, isn't it? Like, so in the eyes of the world, if an alien comes to Earth, the, the, the example of rock music is Led Zeppelin 4. Why? I think it... Well, it's a bloody masterpiece to, to, to start off with. Every song on it is, is fucking incredible. It nails um, every type of style of rock music it also to me feels like like you say about the first two um being blues copious and then them going a bit more folky on the third one i feel like this is this is a crystallization of could i I just stop you just for a second because the blues copious thing i put to the test yeah like i spent a whole fucking day on this album club yesterday yeah black dog is likened to tomcat by Muddy Waters, or that was supposed to have influenced Black Dog. Mm. And you listen to it, and it's tenuous at best to right. my ears. Yeah. Like, I, I understand being a bit snobby about things, and there's no smoke without fire for it to be such a... I didn't realise it was such a rampant thing that Led Zeppelin was seen as, like, rip-off merchants. Mm. But to my ears, that just feels like trying to stay the legacy, like, bullshit. Yeah. I, what I should have said was, I think those first two albums are... They're rock, they're rock music yeah. and they're, they're bluesier. This to me is the, those first two opening tracks, you go, well, that's, that's hard rock, isn't it? That is the absolute definition, crystallization mm. of, of hard rock. 
I think. I think black. I think black dog is. I think rock and roll is something different entirely. Like I don't think hard rock when I think of that. I think summertime blues by Eddie Cochran. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Par- par- Parchment Farm by Billy Ray- Lee Ray. Do you know what I mean? That real fucking barn burner. 12 bar blues but just fucking pushed harder well, than that, anyone else had heard that was what I was going like to say if, it if hit you're, so hard if you're Led Zeppelin at this point in time it's a whole lot of love this is that this is like Motorhead before Motorhead in yeah. principle do you know what I mean it is like a fucking 747 on fire like blasting through the night sky mm. well that's the thing isn't it is it it just hits much harder I think it is that a literal thing because how much does bottom have to do with this oh uh, well a very very large amount is is john bonham the best thing about the biggest rock album of all time <laughs> uh he's my like he's my favorite thing i think there's some incredible he's my he, he's my favorite thing about led zeppelin he's not the best thing about this album is my take really because i was gonna say i think there's some um oh this is jimmy's moment yeah i was gonna say there's <laughs> this, some... this out the what i've come to like what we're get, what we'll get to is like i've come to really appreciate the genius of jimmy page yeah i was gonna say there's some fucking phenomenal guitar work on it and um why is it the biggest rock album ever i mean uh, it, 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 <laughs> should we just a, start unpacking well you know, yeah i think we what, should because it's such because a weird it's such a weird because you're struck like, because you're struggling for an answer and because people like a lot of people i know a lot of young listeners will be less au fait with led set four let's unpack it and then ask that question okay. so so all right um i'll talk about the moment that, that led zeppelin fucking clicked for me then so when the fucking levy breaks is when is when Led Zeppelin fucking clicked for me. Those drums are straight fucking gangster. Like if you are doing the Sopranos or Breaking Bad or fucking Tarantino or whatever else is cool as fuck on on a screen somewhere as a visual, mm. that is the drum sound that you want to the slow motion walk. Like that song is fucking unbelievable. And when you look inside it, now that I've got really inside when the levee breaks, right? And the backwards harmonica and phased vocals and all firsts for Zeppelin, right? Pushing themselves and the game forward. And it's why, like, when you consider, like, those levels of experimentation that comes, when it reaches a zenith like this, that's why I hope Code Orange are on Ride the Lightning with Forever. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. When I look at that album and I like, it excites me every time I hear it and I go, there are so many ways that you can take your next step. And your next steps can be eight different albums that are all varying degrees of fucking awesome that just stretch out that blueprint. Yeah. Forever is like, is the fucking nucleus and let's fucking watch it burn, baby, burn from here. Mm. But when the levee breaks is is that. Like, it's that at its absolute peak, taking a sound and fucking perfecting it. Mm. And that's, uh, I believe, is, a re- again, a reworking of an old blues song from the 30s or something as well, isn't it? Yeah, and it is. Mini someone. Yeah. I can't remember the surname. And But, like, that's the whole thing. Turbocharged blues. Like, and 
It so is, and it's it, the best blues guitar player going with the loudest rhythm section, with the loudest drummer alive, and a and a bass player who's a maestro can glue it all together. Mm. He's fucking genius at work, and, be- and Robert Plant, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it, it, <laughs> but it's, sorry, it's, uh, no, I do like Robert Plant. Yeah, yeah. Um, but the, the thing is, is, I guess it's it's really hard to talk about this record now when it's become like. When we talk about albums that we've talked about before, they go, oh, they're so woven into the tapestry of what hard rock and heavy mm. metal is. I mean, this is the idea that no one... Because this is so influential and because it's so massive, you listen to it now and you go, oh, yeah, I can see how a 100 million other bands have mm. taken that and tried to do something I've... like that with it. But to imagine that no one had ever done this before. Like, do you know what I mean? That this was a brand new thing. It's very difficult. I think for someone who's never... What do you mean? What, what, which part? Well, the fact that that turbocharged blues thing that they were doing oh, I see. to this right. point, the, the... that, do you know what I mean? Like taking an old blues yeah, song. Yeah, I and, do. Like, cause I guess the, but the Beatles that's... had kind of done rock and roll and made it a bit more boppy and a bit more, <laughs> but not like this. Mate, not on their loudest day are the Beatles getting anywhere near when the levee breaks, mate. No, no, not like, at all. Like, the drums... So the drums themselves, like, just to, to, like, to talk about it for a second, they couldn't get the drum sound right. This was one of those ones that it, it took a while. But in Headley Grange, like, Andy Johns, like, they, they dragged his Ludwig drum kit to a stairwell, right? and mic'd it with two mics from the top of a 25-foot ceiling, and hey, presto, that is the drum sound that you hear on When the Levee Breaks. Do you want to hear something that'll blow your fucking mind? Go on, then. The bass drum isn't even fucking mic'd. That's how hard he hit, right? Wow. What you hear on When the Levee Breaks, the bass drum is not mic'd. That is how loud and hard John Bonham hit. Like, like he's the holy grail of drumming and when the levy breaks fuels it but my god what you said earlier about fast eddie clark the the flare on jimmy page riding a fucking white horse like a wizard through this fucking song my sweet mother of christ like it's funny man when i think of groove i think of dime bag always because that's my groove metal is my go-to groove but fucking hell man the groove on when the levy breaks Mm. like I will say that marijuana has been made legal in California, and I think it plays a large part in my in my leaning towards Led Zeppelin. And I, that's I, I don't mean that to be an irresponsible thing to say, right? <laughs> like some things in height and some senses that make you more susceptible to more things. That's the point of drink. If you have a beer, that's the point of it. And certain things do certain things for you. And I will say that. I'm allowed to say it because I'm from here. Weed and Led Zeppelin go fucking brilliantly together. And when you get into the groove, and I think that's what's helped me get into the... When I say the hey, nonny, nonny stuff of it, what I'm essentially talking about is that kind of shit that when we talk on this show about Parkway Driver, the example that we're using at the minute, but I just used it with Kane Hill, about when a band tries their hand at something and then do it again on the next album. Yeah. That's that's Tangerine, which is a brilliant song, becoming going to fucking California and the Battle of Evermore. Mm. Like, how do you how would you describe the folky bits that Led Zeppelin do on four and in general to people that that uh, that regularly listen to this show? I think they're uh, I I don't I'm trying to think of the right word for it. Dainty, maybe. It is probably not the right word, but certainly um quite pr- like when you 
what you were just talking about about the battle wistful of wistful is the word that i would yeah use. and i think they've because precise makes it sound mechanical which it isn't but ethereal no it's too it's too free-spirited to yeah yeah i know what you mean yeah but you know what i mean it's kind of ethereal mm. when when an ethereal nature is is kind of melded with really kind of free form uh what's the word when you're just like I don't know. It's kind of it's not math, it's not <laughs> mathematical, but I, I can't I can't quite I can't think of the out okay, the me, word that I'm thinking have, of. Go on. Let me have a go. Let me have a go and and tell me if I'm on the right tracks. This is where this is where I, I, I was only joking about Robert Plant earlier. I've come to appreciate the genius of him, and it's these songs where you learn to appreciate the genius of him. The wails and the screams and ooh babies, womans and all the rest of it is like you get there. But if that's where you're looking, I feel like you get the. genius genius from robert plant on these songs the way that everything feels on a breeze everything feels effortless on on the battle of evermore especially yeah like everything just there's something that happens with the rolling stones right where keith and Ro- and ronnie like there's no lead guitar or rhythm guitar in stones they just kind of telepathically interconnect with one another it's fucking insane um and it feels like that is page and plants dynamic on this sort of stuff as well and the building of intensity as well is so subtle i mean we'll get to the a plus example of it in a minute yeah but like when it's done on the battle of evermore it is brilliant but i think that's the kind of when i say this album's a vibe i mean it's in you got to think of this as a kind of in a field medieval time fucking style record. I think when you get into the vibe of the feel of the album and just every now and then mad shit happens like a 747 on fire in the case of rock and roll. Mm. Um, but it's going to California where I think it's such a, it's the most accessible way of doing it. Babe, I'm going to leave you has always left me really fucking, like I see that as the blueprint for Fade to Black, but I've seen the error of my ways uh, when discussing Zeppelin Four. It's still Zeppelin that's the that's the blueprint for that, but it ain't fucking babe. I'm gonna leave you. But going to California is uh, like the easiest one of them to get into. Yeah, you know I, what I mean? yeah, definitely. I think what I was trying to kind of allude to, and you said it when you said it's a vibe, and you got it's almost like ethereally channeling some sort of genius like robert johnson it's got that kind of mm. you know that like sp- spiritual g- like like you know when I you get like a question yeah a, like a Sorry. solo an, an absolute solo like someone like steve Vai, who's just you go well you've obviously yeah. practiced loads to be able to do yeah. all those notes where it's almost like jimmy page is channeling something else to kind of I believe he was. Yeah, I, probably I, I, was. I believe so much of the mysticism of Led Zeppelin, mm. but that's that's a, a very separate conversation and not yeah. one for here, I don't think. But yeah, well, no, actually, we'll discuss the Crowley stuff a little bit later on because it does it plays a it it plays a factor in the album, uh, the album yeah. cover and all the rest of it. But let's get through the music first. Are there any Duff songs on Led Zeppelin Four? Um, I am going to have a look. Mm. Uh, no, no, I think I don't think not Duff. No, no. no I said, uh, four, four sticks drops off for me. Yeah, I, that appre- was the only I love one the that process. I, was like... I love the process of four sticks and the suffer the suffering for your art and the fact that like so it's kind of a mood piece. It's really kind of 
rumbly and feels almost like the sort of thing that would be with a burning fire and a sacrifice and it's kind of hypnotic and it's all tribal because of the drums uh, again kind of the sort of thing that sepultura would make metallic on ratamahatter is yeah. what led zeppelin were doing on four sticks but the song itself i think is it's so rudimentary in this world of wonder that it's zeppelin four which is all about stairway to heaven right Okay, Steve, what makes Stairway to, Steph- Stairway to Heaven have the status that it has? Because we spoke to Jamie Lemon. Yeah. Uh, well, I, I know you look then as if to say, we're a fucking hell, mate, no pressure. Yeah. But we spoke, to, we spoke to Jamie Lemon, right, about Under Pressure recently and about magic in songs and that's what exists within these songs and when you do the fucking it's a terrible thing what the world is about and you do that whole build in under pressure it just feels incredible pressure break it down on me when you sing along to it it just feel it just feels brilliant it feels better than other songs you know whoa we're halfway there when it comes in there's a feeling that's a magic to some songs every band tries to get that song it's what i was talking about on first kiss by the excerpts earlier mm. it's just not possible does stairway to heaven have that yeah of course i mean it, 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 yeah what is that moment on that song what is that moment uh, like when I talk about, or, or wh- what, what the, is the moment that feels good? It's um, an interesting take because I think this is a not an anomaly to that rule. That's the only reason why I ask. Oh right, okay. Do you want to, In terms, do you want to hear the theory? Go on then. Do you want to hear the theory, or or, or should we go with whether it's uh, like what, what what was the moment? Well, that, that was coming to mind. I there's no. You're right. There's not a moment like that on it. There's not a big mm. fist a fist pumping. We're all in it together. Moment. No, there's not. But it. It has, obviously, it has um, incredible qualities, but yeah, different kind of qualities. So I think I misinterpreted your question. So, Well, here's here's what I think the genius is with Stairway to Heaven. And I think there's, there's a massive lesson for everyone to learn from Stairway to Heaven. And that is without exception, right? And that is that it fucked with convention to be arguably the biggest rock song ever, certainly in the, certainly in the conversation, right? <laughs> convention up until stairway to heaven was that your song was fast or slow like that was it that's the tempo of the song like metronome that's the fucking that's the way it goes and stairway to heaven created that epic like if babe i'm gonna leave you was like the start of them sort of trying their arm at it stairway to heaven was the work of a man who developed genius and spent a fucking months in various locations right weaving together this fucking it is the birthing place of the rock epic Mm. the whole concept of the epic song starts with this song and this is where the message kicks in breaking convention heralds the biggest results everyone everywhere tells you that there's rules to things and when it comes to art right when it comes to 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 what connects with people that it's magic you can't be that cynical about it and if you are that cynical about it that's why magic is in such short shorter supply yeah has been in shorter supply because everyone's following conventional rules stairway to heaven smashed rules like every rule is there to be smashed like that uh, that is the lesson from stairway to heaven but 
more than that, in terms of the song and what makes Stairway to Heaven, Stairway to Heaven, first and foremost, it's first, right? Mm. No Stairway to Heaven, no Freebird. Fucking let that sink in for a second. Mad. Um, But its genius is in its subtlety. When I say the epic, and it's the birthing place of the epic, this is where this is where Robert Plant. It's weird that Robert Plant has a real aversion to this song because it's his biggest point of genius. Because the lift of this song is so subtle, right? When we went to see Refused, when they played Grows Rock, yeah, they had this light thing before they came on. There was like a murmur over the PA that was just like, ah, that like over the course of 40 minutes, right, just got louder or more high pitch or whatever. And the light got brighter and brighter and brighter. And it felt so impacting. And this is the, Stairway to Heaven is the oral equivalent of that. Page is playing all over it. It's fucking genius. Just listen to it. Just isolate him when you listen to it. Like, absolute genius. But the, the subtlety of the build of this song, right? Uh, when, as it builds and Robert Plant kind of conjures the, the, the building of it and it reaches the, if there's a bustle in your hedgerow and Bonham comes in, right? Also, Bustle of Your Hedgerow, that's the name of the second Down album. Like, when that comes in, it lifts. Like, it's already a subtle lift, but it's the first of two real shift of gears. The second being the, and as we wind on down the road, which is the close, closest feeling to that under pressure thing that we were talking about. Yeah. But that is not the genius in it, is the f- singing along to it. It is that lift the second time is fucking biblical Mm. and the story of the song is this they went in and nailed it first time boom walked in smash there's the instrumental whack and they played it over the speakers and everyone like played at what was described as hooligan level by someone who was there which i (laughs) thought was brilliant right and everyone's high-fiving and is stoked and we've just recorded uh stairway to heaven apart from jimmy page he was just quiet right and bottom's like what's wrong with you and he's like, no, nothing's wrong with me. He's like, no, 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 what's wrong with you? Like, what's wrong with you here? He's the geezer who's worked on it all this time. And he's like, it's all right. Bottom, a angry character or a, a an emotional, an emotionally temperamental character was fucking livid. Absolutely fucking livid. Steamed off down into the practice room, right? To the point where someone's account of it was when they opened the door to walk in, John Bonham was sat at his kit, just fucking livid, right? All the way through the take, livid. And when he comes in, he was smashing fuck out of that kit with that anger. And that's the stairway to heaven that you hear. That extra push of urgency, that fucking anger. Like... That is magic, right? And he had to then kind of swallow it. When they went back in and listened to it, he kind of, yeah, you were right. Fair enough. That is that is better. And it is the thing that the song deserved. But there's also less trepidation. And, f- and because you're playing untamed, you've done it. You know you can do it. So then you play a little looser and a little more fire. You know, the vocals were done in two takes. And like the solo, he didn't even wear headphones. Like, he just stood in front of a fucking speaker that was as big as he was and played the solo. Yeah. That is, the, all those fucking trills and all those fucking, those bits, that 
is fucking Stairway to Heaven. That's unbelievable. As a blueprint for songs that change pace. Think about that as a concept. Like Stairway to Heaven opened it all. That's hardcore and everything. And that's more punk than anything the Pistols did, man. Taking convention of how songs are written and going, fuck you, this is how they're written. That's, That's more than fucking telling a breakfast presenter to fuck off. Do you know what I mean? That is... That's fuck off on the on the highest of scales, and to me, that all coming together and that take that magic that's that's why Stairway to Heaven, Stairway to Heaven, just my take. Yeah, well, I've I can't really follow that. That's true. All right, <laughs> all, right. all right, but you know, it's just it's a massive. But my point being that it's a massive point in time for rock mm. music that moment. Yeah. No matter what type of rock music you like, if you think Led Zeppelin aren't in some way responsible for it, what this and learning of history and all the rest of it has taught me is that Stairway to Heaven was the moment. Um, so I think, I, I guess, like, I guess that's about it for the, for the music, but the album cover itself is again, this is where it, punk as fuck. It was a standoff Atlantic on one side of the desk Page and Zeppelin's manager, Peter Grant, on the other, right? Uh, fucking just head head on. Like, the, the Zeppelin didn't want their album, any their name, anywhere on the album. Which is fucking madness in those days. Yeah. Like, the, the label were throwing a shit fit. But, like, to, to put it into perspective, Peter Grant is a man so vociferous that he regularly used to beat people up and fucking hold people at gunpoint. And if you want to know everything that allegedly, if you want to know <laughs> everything that you want to know, well, I say allegedly because I could always call upon someone that was in that predicament. Um, like, fucking, uh, this, that was the sort of man, shady character that, manage Led Zeppelin if you want to know what's everything that you need to know about the music industry the Peter Grant award is for excellence in terms of management like anyway right Um, so anyway he was a guy that you wanted on your fucking side yeah Uh, they stuck to their guns and uh, and he went off like um, Peter Grant left and Jimmy Page stayed on to argue the toss with Atlantic the reason why they were able to get this the reason why, at this point in time, they were able to win that battle is because Led Zeppelin alone accounted for 20 to 25% of Atlantic's overall sales. <laughs> That's how big Led Zeppelin were. And so, nope, the, we are not budging on this. And the, and the, the label after in the end go, well, all right then. So, no band name anywhere on this album anywhere not on the insert nowhere and just four symbols to each represent each member of the band as if to focus all their energy on the album do you know what i mean it was the 70s yeah uh, i like that it's this is like the, the concept that this album could only have been weaved by a wizard and his gang of superheroes again the the album they, they tell you the rules. They, you have to have the alb- the name on the cover. You have to have this. You have to have that. Biggest selling rock album of all time. Like, life has no rules when it comes to art and connecting with people. Rag and metal, anyone. Like, if it fucking works, it works. Fuck the rules. But, Steve, do you feel the magic of Led Zepp 4? How do you feel when we put this album next to the Black Album and Nevermind and Appetite for Destruction, the debut Ramones album, like the albums that mm. changed shit? Well, they're, 
you go in, like, as I said earlier, like, from coming to them later in life, you go into these records later, like, you know, having heard a whole load of other music which wouldn't have existed without, like you say, Nirvana or the Ramones or, you know, Black Sabbath or Metallica. And you go into listening to these albums with the expectation of going, this is supposed to be one of the best albums ever. This is going to, mm. this is going to blow me away. And I've mm. listened to a few where I've gone, oh, is that it? Like, do you know what I mean? Like, there, there have been a few in time where I've gone, oh, well, I can see that would probably be good at the time, but now it doesn't mm. really add up. But then there are other ones mm. like, like something like Highway to Hell, which you mentioned earlier on, where you put it on and almost before, <laughs> and, and almost before, it even starts there's a there's a there's a kind of a crackle in the air and i i, I know this might sound a bit of a, like a wanky thing to say but even just that little crackle before it goes hey hey mama God, like, even that yeah. little bit even that little bit you it grabs your ear it grabs your attention so quickly like it and some records those records like they just have a thing about them which is I don't want to call it the X Factor because it's the wankiest fucking thing to call it. But No, but it is magic. But it's an unquantifiable thing yeah. that is more than great songwriting, is more than just being in the right place at the right time, and it's more than just, oh, this was influential and it was big at the time. It's just another thing. And it's, it's got that... And it's woven into pop culture. People know yeah. Led Zeppelin, whether know this, whether they like it, whether they, whether they know it or not. He's a baby. He's a baby. Shooting stars. Yeah. You know things from this album, whether you know it or not. Yeah. Or top of the pops. I know it's Led Zeppelin too. Yeah. But, but you know Again. what I mean. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know Led Zeppelin. Yeah. And I think, you know, I, <laughs> that's maybe why I feel like they're kind of. We we rent you know Led Zeppelin are rented out to the rest of the world as like when we talk about Black Sabbath they still feel like our band whereas Led Zeppelin mm. don't because they and Guns and Roses no. are another one like they're for everyone aren't they do you know what I mean like no not- no I don't think that's the case with Guns and Roses I think that they're joining us I think with Led Zeppelin we're joining them yeah maybe I think that they they live in Mojo and all the rest of it Guns and Roses are one of ours they they are raised from the Sunset Strip like they're I, I claim Guns N' Roses in a way that I wouldn't claim Led Zeppelin. Mm. I, I hear you. It's an mm. interesting. It's an interesting. I think I just meant. Ad. I think I like just. My brain is just pinged for a special. Here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I just think in like in, the Guns N' Roses shout was more that every people who do not know or care about rock yeah. music in even in the vaguest terms will go. Mm. Oh my god, Guns N' Roses are playing. Oh my god, Led Zeppelin. Do you know what I mean? Like there yeah. were people when they did that celebration day, the the O2 show. Yeah. I was working at the London Dungeon at the time with a bunch of people who yeah. used to go like, "Oh, you like rock music?" They all applied for Led Zeppelin tickets. I applied for Led Zeppelin tickets, but that was because the girl who in question who I was talking about dating, that's who I was dating at the time. We even went down to the O2 on the day just to, like she just was like, "I just want to be in the like vicinity." For, for 10 minutes like that's the level of obsession that zeppelin inspire but i think it's because they are more worldly yeah. like that that those folky elements and the fact that you look to the blues and muddy waters and fucking robert johnson and all that sort of stuff and you look at their contemporaries and like jeff beck and all that sort of thing and it's just shit that has so little to do with the mm. stuff that we generally cover on this show but at its heart 
it's everything that that's not metal is it bright like i've spoken about breaking convention i've talked i've talked about the hardest hitting drummer of all time i've, I've spoken about how fucking at uh, this can you imagine how fucking heavy at the time rock and roll must have sounded yeah. i've got to say right scott rowley told uh scott rowley who is editor-in-chief um, it was of Team Rock. I don't know what they call that. He's in charge of Metal Hammer and Classic Rock and all that stuff anyway. He told a brilliant story about um, his first dalliance with Led Zeppelin, which was rock and roll. He walked in, and uh, like at that point, uh, his mate Kev uh, had Led Zeppelin, and he was like, you got to hear this. And he was like, put track two on. Uh, he was like, at that point in time, you could have, uh, like, he, and his mate Kev sat down at his drum kit and was like, put track two on and was about to play along with rock and roll. And when he did, like, he was like, I heard the best drummer I'd ever heard in my life. My mate Kev. <laughs> but essentially, like, there is fucking, it's the power behind this. I think that you have, you do, I think you do have to contextualize it in terms of its time to a point. Yeah. But like, the gargantuan sound of Bonham, the genius of Page, he's like just fucking riding the crest of a wave on this. It just feels so effortless. And the, the little things that you'll have never have noticed, like listen to the guitar squeals in the chorus of Black Dog, where it goes, all, oh, yeah, just listen to the guitar. It sounds fucking mega. Um, yeah, like I, I think that it's all about this album getting its claws into you. I, like, once you get that vibe, like I've had a real awakening on that Led Zeppelin. Misty Mountain Hop is, is a really good song on this album yeah. to kind of summarise what's happened with Zeppelin because it's poppy as fuck yeah. and it's all groove. But it's, it's based in that kind of over the fields and far away man album as a kind of feel that's all, all the way through the album. Once you get that, I think it all clicks into place. Like it's a pop song with a psychedelic acid trip of a guitar uh, of a guitar solo, and he's licks all over it, and the the groove and the best drummer fucking to ever live at the same time. And there, there in the middle of it is the most underrated musician about in John Paul Jones. Like shout out no quarter, and I've even grown to love Robert Plant and seen the era of my waves. So. I have to, I have to kind of fess up and go. Yeah, I'm a Led Zeppelin fan now. So there you go. And is it? Yeah, it's certainly the biggest rock album of all time. Is it the best Led Zeppelin album, or is that for another day? Oh, it, it is for another day. It is for yeah. another day. Okay. But yeah, of course it is. Um, anyway, next week. Yeah, you, your look suggests otherwise, but that is a discussion for another day. Yeah. Join us on Wednesday on That's Not Metal.net. Don't forget to stick around. Nervous is coming up. But That's Not Metal.net is where we're going to be doing the first round of the World Cup of Rock with Will from Black Peak. Sexy sex man, Will. He's <laughs> going to be joining us on Wednesday for that. Uh, next week on the show, we're going to be reviewing the controversial already before it's even hit people's eardrums. New album from Machine Head, Marmosets and Of Mice and Men. And we have an album club that wants you to know that it misses you. It misses you so. Yeah. So, here we go. It's me with M from Nervous. Steve, say goodbye to everyone before we play this jam. See you later, everyone. Enjoy the jam. Here we go. It's M from Nervous. How you doing, mate? Yeah, good, thank you. How are you? Yeah, brilliant, brilliant. So, we are about to play the world premiere of It Follows. You've already released uh, Six Sad World. And what strikes me about both tracks is how much 
bigger everything seems than what was on Permanent Rainbow. Is that is that a fair assessment? Yeah, for sure. I think we just know what we're doing more as a band. Like we've, we we weren't a band before we recorded Permanent Rainbow, and then we toured that, and then uh, when we came to recording uh, Everything Dies. We just we we were we were comfortable together. We were a unit, and yeah, it just worked, and it sounds great. I'm really happy with it. <laughs> <laughs> Did it feel good to have kind of backing as well? Like when you say that it was a unit, like Nervous was very much something I I saw as your project. Is this is that still still the case on Everything Dies, or is this more of a group effort? 100% a group effort. Like. Um, the, the songs on Permanent Rainbow I, I wrote myself and then the band sort of formed around that. But with this one, it was like, it was a band writing an album, you know? It was, uh, yeah, it was a, it was a very different, um, a diff- different way of going about it. But yeah, we're happy with it. We're happy with it. <laughs> and, this, and this is an absolute rager <laughs> we're about to drop. Like you have, you have an the, absolute pinger. Like, well, it's, it, it, it's like, it's hard for me because it's so far away from the record because it's not out till March. Like, I don't want yeah. to kind of gush at you about your album. So we're, so we're going to have to park that. But you've got every right <laughs> to feel excited. But this song is... Certainly, at this point in date, is this this is the most rollicking thing that uh, that Nervous have put their name to, isn't it? Yeah, for sure. It's definitely like um, I don't know. We we we, we kind of just thought like people kept on calling us a punk band, which we didn't really see in ourselves at the point we were playing Permanent Rainbow songs. And then we thought, you know what? Let's let's do that. Let's do this. <laughs> we basically just do whatever we want, and this is just how this one came out. <laughs> It it shows on the album because it's so varied. The only thing that I'm going to ask you now, as far as big questions, because we'll save that for when the album comes, is yeah. Um, the last time we spoke, it was it was all um, a pro- like the proposition of a second record. You know, it felt a little bit like you were wide eyed that wow, what had happened with Permanent Rainbow, and now yeah. now that we're talking this time and you've completed everything, dies. How do you feel about yeah. Nervous from where you started to to right now before we play It Follows? To be honest, it's great. To be honest, though, I couldn't care either way. Like, the best thing about it is that we do it for ourselves. And, like, the fact that people have cottoned onto it and they like it is awesome. But we'd be just as happy playing to, like, two people. But, um, yeah, it, it, is, it is awesome. Like, we, we feel like we've got something like super good going on and um we work with a bunch of great people as well like big scary monsters are are brilliant and um yeah it's just really exciting we definitely feel like you know we can do stuff now before it was kind of like oh we we can do that and now we're like yeah we can do that (laughs) (laughs) so yeah (laughs) so uh, for the record like uh, all the best bands write from the heart and all the best bands write for themselves and everything dies will come in march m we will speak to you again around the release of the album. But for now, here is the world premiere of It Follows. We will see you on That's Not Metal next week, powered by You Discover. Check out their stuff at youdiscover.com. But here we go. The world premiere of Nervous's It Follows. Face it, you got too comfortable. You thought it couldn't go wrong. Embrace it, you're not infallible.
Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.